0: Welcome to the Mastering College to career Podcast. I am your host, the one that knows the most, Daniel Botero. In a world where eight out of 10 students are graduating without a job lined up. And 40% of graduates never work in a job that requires their degree. This podcast is the solution. In this podcast, not only do you hear from my own personal experience, countless hours worth of research on this topic, but I bring industry experts to help students take away that fear of graduating without a job and instead teach you how to land your dream job. So with the fact that 85% of students walk down the stage without a job lined up, I decided to create a really short assessment the students can take right now that will take less than five minutes and give them a very clear idea of how ready they are to graduate with their job. And it's kind of funny, it's fun and it will give you an animal. You'll either become a sloth, somebody that's just kind of be sleeping through college, you either are a bear, someone that has a lot of potential but has been hibernating, you could be a dog, someone that has been doing some great things, are trainable and have high potential or you can be a unicorn and that is a very small percentage of students that have done exactly what it takes to land their dream job and have already done it. So, which animal are you? Find out at masteringcollege2career.com/assessment welcome welcome back to this episode of the mastering college to career podcast they have an amazing guest for you i have lisa Hudeman, and she is a business coach she's a company culture expert and the author of the value of core values and i found her on linkedin and i think culture is such an important thing that i wanted to make sure i have an episode on this on the podcast so lisa how are you doing today
1: oh i'm doing great it's uh, such a pleasure to be with you today daniel
0: he said, "No, thank you so much for coming in your in the podcast and just sharing your knowledge with the audience. I know you've been speaking, and you've been you're a keynote speaker, you're an author, you're just a complete expert when it comes to culture. And so, I want to talk about this because culture is just so important to take into account when you're applying for jobs. So, without before we jump into it, I, I want to you know get the audience to get to know you a little bit better. And so, why don't you tell them a little bit more about yourself?"
1: All right, so. Um, I have a degree in finance and accounting from the University of Michigan. I have an MBA from the University of Tampa. I had a career of 20 some plus years um, in the telecommunications industry where I started out in um, finance and worked my way through strategic planning roles and new business development roles. And then for the last 50, 15, oh, maybe 16 years, (laughs) how quickly they go by, I have um, had my own practice where I've been focusing on organizational and individual development.
0: And I know that, you know, both, you know, like companies are hiring you, you know, to help improve the company culture and everything like that. How important is culture to an organization?
1: Well, um, culture is a, a game changer. It actually is what allows you to execute your strategy. It will kill your strategy if um, you have a toxic culture. And so it is as important as developing the strategy for um, what you're going to do. The culture defines the environment in which um, the, the organization will either thrive or not. And
0: let's talk about this when it relates to college students. Why should students really take into account the culture of their organization and where they're applying?
1: Well, all right, so let me make an example of an analogy. Uh, it's springtime, so I'm looking at my garden and I want to go out and um, refresh the garden after the winter time so I will head off to Lowe's Garden Center and buy a number of plants. I can see plants there that look really lovely. They're all really wonderful. But if I buy a full sun plant and I plant it in my very shady oak tree covered garden, it's not gonna survive. It's gonna be a bad fit. So there's nothing wrong with the plant and there's nothing wrong with my garden It's that they don't fit. And so same thing goes with full sun plants you know, or, you know, um, putting a, 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 a shade plant in full sun. Uh, they will not survive. So when you have an individual who is great in terms of the knowledge that they have, you know, the education you just got, if you put that person in the wrong culture, it's not, they're not going to survive. They'll be very, very unhappy. And that's why it's important. When you go and you're going to start a new role, you don't want to go into an environment where you're setting up yourself to fail. You want to set yourself up to succeed. That's why it's important to consider.
0: And that's so amazing. When I, when I'm talking to students and I, and I think when we we were talking about before I recorded the podcast, telling you that I I run into students a lot and they'll have multiple job offers for say accounting, which the job might not be, the day-to-day things that they might be doing in the job might be very similar depending on the big four that they decide to, or even a smaller or medium firm. But the culture can be completely different, and and that can determine so much. And so I think that's why, to me, this is such an important subject to talk about. I think my follow-up question for you is more about how are students able to, to figure out what culture are they going to be able to flourish in? Are they a sun plant or a shade plant?
1: Well, here's what I say. The the nature of, of an organization's culture, the fundamental um, guiding principles, their core values, are what define what that culture is going to be like. And so, for the individual to know whether and what theirs are, that's where you have to start. Is to say, you know, what is really important to me? What are those guiding principles that um, that guide my decision making and my behavior? So, if I like Wild, um, crazy, daring, or am I a little bit more conservative, straight laced? Am I a little bit more um, of a daredevil? Do I like things that are high pressure? Uh, Do I work well in an environment that's more laid back? You know, those are all really, really important. And none of these are morally right or wrong. They are really. Uh, more of a style kind of a question. So um, I'm going to assume that everybody wants to work in an environment that's morally um, uh, correct. Uh, So you have to kind of identify where you're going to fit. And I like to use two different companies as an example because, um, so you talked about accountants. You could be an accountant, say not for a, a CPA firm, but you could be an accountant within an organization. Go to work for Zappos. At Zappos, the accounting department will have a kazoo parade through customer service because part of their culture is to be a little bit weird. Contrast that to BB&T, which is a bank. That's not going to happen there. So if you like the idea of spontaneously having a kazoo parade through another department, then you go to work for Zappos. And if not, then you might want to consider one of the organ, other organizations.
0: What is culture to you? I mean, I think that's that's a good example, but like, so what is culture? Because I think sometimes in college, at least when I thought about it in college, when I thought about a good culture, I used to think about ping pong tables. I used to think about maybe free lunch in the cafeteria um, and all these things that the tech companies do. But, you don't necessarily, the more I've, you know, learned about culture, you don't necessarily need that. That doesn't mean that it's a good culture, you can still have a bad culture and having a ping pong table in your office.
1: Oh, well, what you just described is what culture is not. Culture is not about bringing your dog to work. Culture is not about ping pong tables or free lunches. Culture is defined by those shared values and principles those guiding um approaches to um how the organization is going to conduct itself and the the place that you would look to find out how do i know what that is is the company's core values
0: my struggle with that is that A lot of companies write amazing core values, but they don't necessarily mean that they're living it. So So
1: one telltale sign is you know that they're not, if they don't mention it in the job description, if they don't mention it in the interview, you will know that they're not serious about their culture. It's that simple.
0: And so what do you mean by mentioning it? Like, is it written in the job description or like? Is it when they're interviewing, they're applying for the job and
1: they are bringing up those core values? Absolutely. Companies who are serious about creating a dynamic culture will identify and very specifically say and ask questions related to those values. They put you on notice. It's actually part of their screening process because you want to attract people to you who will share your values. So the way you do that is you put, the, put it out there. And some people will read it and say, that's not me, and, and not bother hiring or not bother applying. Others will, will say, you know, I'm going to apply for everything, in which case you're wasting your time. I, I mentioned to, um, I was talking to a, a group of hiring managers and asked them what their biggest frustration was. And they know when they're getting a form cover letter that's the same letter that you sent to every other company, because they know whether or not you know anything about them or their culture, if they are serious about their culture. And so when you show that you've paid attention to them and that you, they want somebody who really wants to work for them.
0: And so you encourage adding the core values to the cover letter, or is there a better place to show the company that you have the core values your core values match their core values.
1: I would, I would put it in the cover letter to say, you know, I've looked into your organization. This is what I've found, uh, your values of this, and, and how, how and why that's important to me. But in a way that's very sincere, this is not something you want to make up. Again, you don't want any job. You will not thrive if it's not a good fit. So tell them why. Specifically for you, you are attracted to working for them.
0: That's something I teach a lot to the students that I work for. They're doing that research ahead of time. And, and then having more of a sniper approach of job searching versus a shotgun and just applying to every single company that they might meet the minimum qualifications for. But it's so much better to be targeted and to go up to an employer and letting them know that you, you know exactly what they're looking for and that you have been working towards building those skills to become the ideal candidate. And the reason why you want to work there is because you share some of those core values and why you're excited to go to work there. Because you could be an engineer at pretty much any company, but you want to be an engineer at Google or you want to be an engineer or whatever that company might be.
1: That's correct. And you, again, if they are serious about it, they will be screening for people who are going to be a good fit. If they're not serious about it, they're not going to bring it up.
0: I remember um, earlier in my podcast, probably um, in one of the first 30 episodes, I interviewed um, Simon and he works at Google and he explained the four things um, that you go through as an, when you're applying for Google. And one of the things that goes into whether they get a job or not is their Googliness. And it's very hard to explain what that is, but it really comes down to does your core value, does your personality match? That of you know the Google and Google is a very diverse company. At least they're trying to make it even more diverse. But um, and I found that very interesting. And it's um, it's something that they they don't have a quantitative way of doing it, but it's a, it's a gut feeling that the four people that go that interview you all decide do you guys see a googliness in this candidate?
1: Yeah, it's and and what you'll find is you said you know you'll have four different people at Google will be interviewing you. Again, the companies that are serious, every single person who is interviewing you is going to be asking about the values in some way or not, or another. They they really want somebody who's going to fit, because it's very expensive to hire and train. And so they don't, they want you to succeed once they've invested in that prior to the process. And they want you to contribute to the culture that they are trying to uh, not only sustain, but to grow and to you know, foster. So the only way that that happens is if you've got those people who are gonna be a great fit.
0: It's and a what, win-win. Absolutely. What do you think is the cost to a company of a bad hire?
1: You know, it depends um, on the role, but it can be anywhere. I've heard numbers from anywhere from one to three times their annual salary Uh,
0: that makes makes perfect sense
1: right in in between the the cost of the hiring and the recruiting and the training and then the lost productivity when they're a bad hire um, if they are customer facing and they impact revenue um, the productivity that you lose for the people around them you know it's it's significant
0: yeah, one of the things that I know you're also um, an expert in is just the disc assessment, and that's something that you do with the companies that you work with. Can you elaborate what that is and what you know those types of tests do, and why it should be why should students consider doing them? Um,
1: yeah. Well, first of all, I much prefer to use the word assessment than test because test implies a pass fail and that there's a good or a bad response, and there really isn't. So what these assessments do, and you mentioned DISC, DISC is a a behavioral style profile, which looks at how you tend to behave in certain circumstances. And it uses four different um, measures um, of behavior, looking at how you tend to make decisions, how you tend to influence people, how you tend to work in um, the pace at which you prefer to work, and also, how you work in an environment where there's rules and structure that's put in place by others, so those can be measured on both on a high and low scale and it's there's a you know a degree of high and low and and what it what it provides for you is um, a way of looking and understanding who you are and the way I use this in my with my clients is um Gosh, there's a multiple ways because it also has a way of, of expressing how you can com- you how you will tend to communicate and what, what your emotions and how you communicate with your emotions. But um, it's from a hiring perspective when I'm using it from with my client to hire because some organizations will use assessments like this in a pre-hire screen. Um, it It's one of I use it as one of four measures, of course. The resume is very important. You don't want to hire somebody with an engineering degree to do accounting. All right. So you, you need a certain skill. Um, the interview is very, very important because you have to be able to understand this individual and and, and see them and talk to them. The third is, is the um, reference checks. And we really encourage people to use reference checks and to do good reference checks. And the fourth is the assessment. So I don't rely totally on the assessment but what we find in the assessment you want to validate in the interview and the reference checks to see whether or not that is how this person tends to behave. And so there's a good or a bad fit for what the job requires for superior performance and how this person tends to prefer to behave. So if the job is truly in a very very fast pace, constantly changing environment It will stress a person out if they are a slower pace, prefer to start and finish one thing at a time um, kind of a person. Um, If it is truly an attention to detail kind of a role, like in accounting um, or in engineering or quality assurance, where you really, really have to follow rules and processes and you're not that kind of a person, eh, it's not a good fit, you know, not that you can't adapt and force yourself to do it, and not that every job is 100% a perfect fit, but you want to be adapting only 20% of the time, not 80% of the time, because adapting causes stress.
0: And I guess my question is, you know, if if I'm in university, most universities, students that are listening to this Get you have access to these types of assessments for free. This costs hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, depending on the type of assessment that you're taking. And you have access to them for free. But I guess my question to you, Lisa, is how much should you as a student let the results of this assessment, you know, impact your decisions of the type of major, the internships, or anything that you do with your college career? Like, how much trust should you put into these types of assessments?
1: Well, a couple of things. One is, I always say, you know, garbage in garbage out. so when you when you take an assessment like this, be brutally honest about what you really, really believe, and not what somebody else would want you to say about yourself or what you'd want to say about yourself to please somebody. So first of all, if you're brutally honest, these assessments, um, and depending again on the vendor, have a pretty darn good reliability. Um, score. So with that being said, I have coached individuals who <laughs> are not really being successful in their role or are not happy in their role. And when I assess them, I'll say, why on earth did you go to law school? And the answer is, well, because my mom or dad said that I had to, you know, get a job that I was going to be able to make a living. You know, why on earth did you become an accountant? You know, well, because mom or dad said that what I really wanted to do, my history degree wasn't going to get me a job. And so, you know, here they are 20, 30 years after graduating, and they've spent a career not really being successful in it and definitely not being happy in it. So, again, there's, you know, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. You have to have somebody who's able to interpret it for you and help you understand it. But now, with that being said, there are different kinds of roles um, with a finance or accounting degree. So, I had a degree in finance and accounting, but I never worked for one of the, what was then big eight is now big (laughs) four. I went and worked in corporate but I never was an accountant. I did financial, I I did the financial planning. So I did budget and forecasting. So I allowed a little bit more creativity where the precise attention to detail, which is not one of my strengths, was not as important, you know, because I was forecasting. I was, I was looking at this bigger picture. I was looking at how things would come together. And that was a, uh, a better fit for who I am. So again, within a particular degree, there are different kinds of roles. Lisa, we've been
0: actually been speaking for about 30 minutes now. And I just want to know, thank you so much again, for taking so much time out of your schedule to share about, you know, culture and this assessments the students could take. But before, you know, before I ask you the final question, where can students connect with you?
1: Well, you can connect with me on LinkedIn and that's, uh, I'm Lisa Huddeman, that's spelled H-U-E-T-T-E-M-A-N. You can connect with me at theblackdiamond.com. And it's the, with a hyphen, black, with a hyphen, diamonds.com.
0: Perfect. Lisa, so this is the final question I always end the show with. And, and this is why the reality is students are generally multitasking when they're listening to this podcast and any other audio form, whether they're driving, whether they're at the gym, whether they're walking to class. And so I usually ask the question and It is, if there's one thing that you want students to take away from this episode, what would you hope that would be?
1: My number one um recommendation to anybody who's looking for work looking for a job whether it's right out of school or 20 years into your career is if you're looking for a job if you're in transition it's a perfect time to find your perfect job not any job and this is really important because when you know exactly what you want it's much easier to do a target marketing and it's much easier to sell yourself because the employer really wants to hire somebody who's perfect for their role that they have. So when you know what you want, it's easier to go after it, it's easier to market yourself, it's easier to help you help them, help them, let me say that again, <laughs> you help them hire you. So you are, you are allowing, you're helping them see that you're a really great fit because you've done that work in advance.
0: For the students that are listening, that is the same thing I, tell, I talk to you guys about, uh, sniper versus uh, shotgun approach and how having a specific job search, having a, a targeted list of companies that you want to work for instead of applying for every company that you meet the minimum qualifications is so key. And it's actually going to help you get a job. Um, and it's not even just a job. It's going to be a job that you enjoy. So, Lisa, I couldn't agree with you more. This has been an amazing episode. Thank you again so much. And for everybody listening to the podcast, thank you. Please make sure you leave me a review and share it with your friends and catch you guys on the next episode. If you're listening to me right now you my friend have made it to the end of the podcast i want to take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career doing things like listening to this podcast putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's going to set you apart and not be just another statistic so great job keep it up and if you're enjoying this podcast please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review talk to you soon